Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Well, now, I got to tell you, I have on the right shoes in case it rains more, which it will. I also did find the umbrella, which means it might not rain before 10 o'clock here where I'm sitting. But other than that, my friends, I have to say, keep those rain, keep that rain gear pretty handy for the next period of time. It doesn't matter where you are in the southeast at this particular juncture. It's going to rain a little while at some point. Now, um, where I am in central Mississippi, my particular neighborhood, we're way over average for July, and it's only the middle of the month. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I've taken the rain gauge down because it's been overwhelmed twice and knocked over. So that I'm just going to kind of say, well, okay, there's a whole lot of water. I'm considering more Louisiana and more papyrus. But we can talk about that. We can also talk about the number of issues that are happening in your garden because of excess water. There are a lot. And they're probably on your mind today. That's why Weekend Gardening rolls out on Saturdays. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for listening whenever you're listening. You might be listening to the rebroadcast. You might be downloading us at uh, supertalk.fm. You might be listening to the podcast. Hello, podcasters. I appreciate y'all, all of you. But let's just talk like this. If it's green, it's going to be growing this week because there's so much water. I have elephant ear leaves in my garden that are as big as a car. And they don't get that much fertilizer, but they're you know small car, granted. But still, there are a lot of things that, uh, that go along with that. We can talk about all of it. What's happening in your garden? What do you want to hear from me about mine? 888 That is the Super Talk call line. 601 601- Eight seven nine four three nine five is, of course, the ceasefire text line. We appreciate that very, very much. Um, when you call today, you will hear the one and only Rhino, who has decided to get up this morning, be very, be very crazy on a Saturday to come to work, so that I can be on the air. Thank you very much, sir. I have to give you a, a kudo. Only once a year do we get to see you beardless, and that, of course, is in has to do with the the fundraising for Palmer House and the the Palmer Home and you just you're so much fun <laughs> it, it just tickles me I, I'm sure you're a whole lot of fun in your real life too but it's just really a whole lot it's a it's a fun thing and I appreciate you doing that always for the kids anything yes. I can do to, super, super, to super. raise awareness or to to get people excited about giving for Palmer Home I, I will gladly do it well and there's obviously it works <laughs> so you're going to keep doing that about a hundred years from now that beard will be gray and thin but you'll still be shaving it off you're not a bad looking guy though without a beard thank you uh, do you start immediately now for next year or do you shave for a while <laughs> i'll probably stay clean shaven for about a week but it it's one of those there's a reason i grow a beard it's it's uh five o'clock shadow about three in the afternoon so yeah. oh my dad was like that he didn't grow a beard, however. But when he had evening events, there was always that noise, you know, in the afternoon. I, 
I'm not partial one way or the other. I think it all depends on the person's face. Um, I, I do prefer when I had a unibrow when I was a teenager, so I, I do prefer there being some space between the eyebrows on anybody. But that's that's just me. This is uh, this is what we do around here. This is weekend gardening. I have to say that there's a few plants I may have made a seriously bad um, prediction about. I I made the remark last week that probably the powdery mildew was going to go away and that we would have some drier weeks to come. Well, that's not happening. So if you have powdery mildew, it's not something we can do something about in the sense that your your crepe myrtles are going to go ahead and bloom. Your squash is probably going to go ahead and make squash. But that powdery white stuff on the leaves does slow down photosynthesis and does give you a, a slightly different affect in your in your plants. But the problem bit really is if they, the leaves fall off and it all gets into your soil and whatnot, you just kind of end up with happy times for fungus and not for you. So be sure that as the leaves do fall off or as you cut them off, you get them out of the garden. Don't put them in the compost. That's not a good choice. I did not know that uh, the German Chancellor Angela Merkel was coming to the United States this week. I'm, I, I send my personal sorrow for everything that's happening with their floods. Um, that, that's unheard of, but we know about unheard of weather events. I did, however, realize that her birthday was in July, and it is indeed today. I I picked her for my quote of the week that goes into All Things Garden Mama Weekly. Thank you very much. My uh, <laughs> my my newsletter that I have to tell you is, is really full of news this week because of things like that. I had no idea how, how close I was getting to uh, Well, to writing about papyrus and Louisiana irises, but there it is. She said, German Chancellor Angela Merkel said, always be more than you appear and never appear to be more than you are. I think that's really good advice for anybody. Um, where I come from, it would be sim put more simply, it would say, don't put on airs, but also you know, don't discount yourself. You do need to raise your hand and speak up if you have something to say. So I get all of that. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, good. The thanks are coming in for you, Rhino. That's great. That's wonderful. They should. It's the People don't, you know, when I, when I was growing up, you wouldn't have gotten to know the, the personal person who was shaving off his beard for this particular fundraiser. What we had were people stuck up on billboards for days at a time. You know, it's not really a personal connection there. <laughs> you might, you know, you might now you might or might not donate. But in, in this case, of course, of course. Um, thank you, Jeff, for those, your kind words about the rhino. And um, Ken so, chimes in and says his tomatoes have died, and they also took the onions with them. <laughs> Well, the onions were about the onions should be finished now, so so, so should the, the the strawberries, as a matter of fact. But yeah, the hot pepper. It's time for the hot peppers. Um, a, a friend of mine from a hundred years ago, because well, his mother's ninety three, so it is just about a hundred years ago. Um, a friend of mine put up a picture of his mother on her ninety third birthday. She's been one of my role models for a long time because she gardens and and raises chickens and whatnot, and has throughout her retirement. But um, she 
was standing next to a hot pepper plant that is as tall as she is, and she's not a short woman. So I was very impressed. It's going to be a good year. That's very, very South Louisiana. I think it's going to be a very good year for hot peppers everywhere, all over the place. One of the things that uh, folks are looking at at this point in the year, of course, are things that can bloom in the summer. Plumbago, Duranta, both of those are blue-purple things that that, uh, do a good job in the summertime. They are not water tolerant however you need to make sure that you're giving them well-drained soil at least or a container that you can pull back on to the interior of the porch perhaps they do need some sun to bloom however um i did not know this and i you this is in the you learn something new every day well if you're smart you learn something new every day i I love the notion of satellite images i'm not especially paranoid i don't really think they're looking at me i don't think there's time there's so much else to look at but they must be bored if they're looking at me. Well, exactly. I mean, good heavens. This isn't even normal. This is just boring. You know? But there are more exciting things than you and I, so that's good. Or than you and me? Mm. From 2000 to 2019, the satellite images of South America reveal to us that the soybean expansion there has literally doubled in this period of time. This is reporting in Nature's Sustainability um, what they've been, this is this is Brazil and Argentina, in association with, you know, schools and whatnot, companies from the United States to work on getting more soybeans everywhere, because let's face it, the world runs on soybeans in, in many ways, thank goodness. Um, but of course, the, the, how many there are and the effect of warming temperatures or changing weather patterns and all these other things means that we need more places to, to grow them. But the problem, of course, is that the area now, now that it has doubled, and, it's, and it, it's a problem because it has cleared out so many other things. You know, when you go to monocropping, there, there's not, other stuff is, is very limited in its diversity. We're understanding now, and many of our farmers here, our soybean farmers, have big swaths through their fields that, that where other plants are, pollinating plants and just other plants, because that makes such a better environment. We, the, we have the research to prove that. But the areas growing soy in South America are now the size of the state of California, which is about the same size as the Iberian Peninsula. That's Spain and Portugal, for those of you who don't look at that stuff the way I do. <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. I've always, I, do, I have always wanted to go to Gibraltar. There's no reason to want to go to Gibraltar, but for some reason that's always intrigued me. So, of course, what happens is this changes where things are pastured, this changes so many other things, and that's that's what they're actually looking at. We know we need the soybeans, so let's figure this out. And I'm, I'm glad to know that they're working on it. Um, the largest expansion came in Brazil. The increase in land dedicated to soybeans between 2000 and 2019 increased by 160%. Now, of course, we realize if that was one acre, it went to 160, but it's still a dramatic amount because they were already growing a lot. They were already after a whole bunch of them. Let's see now. Um, if it, uh, Should you stake hot pepper plants? Well, it depends. Um, you certainly can, and I have, but I've also put tomato cages around them. And I've had some, I've grown jalapenos that basically just branched and turned into little shrublets. You know, they didn't need any support at all. It does depend on the pepper and the, the sun circumstances and all that sort of thing um, that, that you have uh, that, that's there. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Delta Danny. Appreciate you having all of this. We just we're doing all sorts of things today. Well, I did get up early enough today to put on just a little makeup. Um, for those of you, I, I've been doing radio on the video for a hundred years, not a hundred years, for twenty, thirty years. And back then, of course, the the internet was dial up. So if you were actually bored enough to watch me do radio in the 90s somewhere, okay, it was a excruciating experience. If you were trying to watch any kind of videos at that point, you know that. But we're lucky to have, uh, I've, I've already gotten a couple of comments this morning about what a good blue this is for me. So if you're not already at supertalk.fm, you, can, you too can weigh in. <laughs> what a good blue this is. Isn't that funny? Speaking of clothing, though, I've been waiting for this. Y'all know me. I want, I want the robot from the Jetsons to not only iron my clothes, but to weed my flower bed, okay? I mean, this is what I need. I don't need a lot, but I need a robot that is that efficient. Okay. I also need clothes that repel mosquitoes. Well, you may have seen some of that fabric a few years back. You could make a tent out of it, but if you wore it, you were going to sweat so much that you weren't going to be able to go anywhere and do anything. So we haven't really solved that problem until perhaps now North Carolina State is working on insecticide-free, which is good, because some people broke out from the insecticide, mosquito-resistant clothing, and they have used textile materials. I would not have signed up for this test. They confirmed them to be bite-proof with live mosquitoes. And so that's pretty good results. If they're willing to say we were able to control them with this fabric, I'm I'm intrigued, you know. I think that's delightful. Let's see. Oh yeah, it is time to uh it is it's time to cut down those to cut back the blueberries. Well, Dave, you know, you say that they're eight to nine feet tall and you can't climb a ladder do it a bad back. I can't climb a ladder because the the grass and stuff in the back around my blueberries is not that stable. It's this year it's so wet I would be sinking on the ladder if I tried. But I do have one that I'm going to cut as high up as I can reach, which in my case is about six feet. It's probably nine feet. I'm going to take three feet off of it. You can take up to a third off if you need to. My others don't need but a haircut. But this one, I didn't prune last year for some reason. I don't even know why. Maybe, I don't know. But this year, I'm going to finally do it. And it is a matter of selection in some cases. For example, I have really old blueberry bushes. So when I cut this one, I'm going to also have to thin it out a little bit underneath or it'll be overwhelmed. So you can cut back up to a third off of the plant if you need to. If the plants are nine feet tall and you want them to be six feet tall, that's fine. On the other hand, um, I do know that there are people who cut their blueberries down to four feet tall every year because they do a pick your own or they, you know, they have different ways of maintaining it. That implies a lot of fertilizer and a lot of availability of water and, and any pest control that might be necessary. So up to a third is okay any year. Do more if you have to and less if you can. Yeah, if it ever does stop raining, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of I, I like the fact that we're having showers as opposed to the monsoon at this particular point, but I'm afraid it's all leading up to webbed feet. You know, at this point, I'm not really happy about that. I got up early enough this morning to put on the powder for the camera a little bit, 
I do wear sunscreen, y'all. Y'all please wear sunscreen. I have so many things I want you to do. That's one of them. But, but when we look into archaeological digs, sometimes we find things that we didn't expect, and sometimes the people that are finding them attribute things, meanings, ideas to them that turn out not to be so true. This is uh, Slovenia's Institute for the Protection of Cultural Heritage of Slovenia at the Center for Preventive Preventive Archaeology. Yes, it is. Anyway, they have found the oldest known use of cosmetics, and it's a little bottle, a um, couple, couple inches long. What the way they figured out finally, because they thought they were must be something else. They they went through all this for the because they found them, all, and, and everybody's got all these ideas, but. It, they thought maybe it was medicine, maybe it was a kid's toy, maybe it was something else. But they each of the vials has two holes in it at the top, which indicates it was intended to be threaded through something and worn. And it was a cosmetic of some sort. There's, they've test, they're testing the insides. It's, uh, for the most part, uh, basically an herbal, um, make-you-smell-better kind of stuff, you know. When we talk about the banana shrub, which is such a favored plant across the South, one of the reasons it's favored across the South is not just because it smells like bananas and the, the flowers have such a nice scent to them. It's because when you put them in your decolletage, they smell better than you do for a number of hours. <laughs> Very popular in the Southeast, especially in the summer. All right, now, you know what it is. It's John Sebastian. This is Weekend Gardening. Don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. Cool town meeting in the city, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat looking for a kitty, gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But at night it's a different world, go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. It's a first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a layback Sunday afternoon, you wish would never end. The homemade taste of bluebell, and good friends gathered round. The good old days of being made. Dip into our new coconut cream pie ice cream and imagine being stranded on a deserted island. Rich coconut French ice cream, flakes of coconut, tasty pie crust pieces, and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued. The good old days are being made right now. chin straps because football is right around the corner and that means sec media days join the boys of sports talk mississippi live july the 19th through the 22nd as they break down all the sec teams and coaches for 2021 interviews insights and much much more with sports talk mississippi from sec media days sports talk mississippi live at sec media days is brought to you by our friends at colony wine bistro prassel lumber pinnacle motors tico steakhouse and baroni's tree pros what if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors. 
and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I was surprised the other day when I got a phone call asking if we sold guns. We sell lots of guns. We have the largest selection of firearms in this area, including over 100 AR-type guns priced from $5.99 on up. We also just got in a huge shipment of ammo, including such hard-to-find calibers as 380, 9mm, and 223. No limit on quantity and no inflated prices. Check out our website, rangebyjimmyprimos.com, or like us on Facebook. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 601- 864-3752. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers, along with Surrender Fire Ant Killer. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. I hope that your garden is growing. I imagine that it is. You've probably got a few weeds that you haven't seen before, or at least not in places that they were before because of all the water that has been in our places, all the properties, all this year. I have mentioned the fact that I have, unfortunately, dollar weed in my zoysia grass, which has never been there before. It's always been in my flower bed now for a long time, but I keep it down to a minimum. This year it has popped up in the zoysia simply because the whole thing is like soup. It is, I mean, it, the, the, the zoysia is still nice and green. It just has little round circles in it from here to there. It's just really frustrating. So if you're having that same experience or if you're having Carolina geranium or if the dichondra has decided to walk across you know, all of your shade and you don't need it there, we can talk about that. 888-808-8637. That is the phone number here. And of course, the uh, C-SPAR text line awaits you. 
there, this is interesting. 601-879-4395. I've been thinking about that, um, too. Ken says sunscreen equals not enough vitamin D. It's a balance. It is a balance. That is for sure. I don't know anybody that ever was prescribed to take vitamin D until very recent times. And it's because we've all been wearing sunscreen forever. Okay? But I also know people that never wore sunscreen that also ended up having to take vitamin D and vice versa. So, you know, but it is a factor. It is something to consider. Um, Something to think about. This is... uh, I, I don't know if I've never I don't think I will be going to Australia. It's a very long flight, really long sail. And but it's one of the most interesting countries because continents, actually, to me, um, part in part because of all the things that keep taking it over, you know, cane toads and, and crazy things that we hear about here. But also just because it is such a delightfully beautiful place, different from where uh, anywhere I know I. Now, why is it that when we see that sort of place, there are people in the human community who decide that we should take their lizards and get them somewhere else? Take them some. Why would we need to do that? The University of Adelaide is reporting that Australian reptiles are facing really serious conservation threats. Now, you know they had terrible fires there last year, and so that was horrible. We saw terrible things happening to their wildlife in that circumstance, but. Why are we poaching illegally? Why are we illegal? Well, poaching is always illegal, but why are we poaching lizards? Ugh. Anyway, researchers are telling us that they're, they're trying to understand this particular one is the shingleback. It is also known as the bobtail or the sleepy lizard. This confirms my point of view where I always tell you that if something has four or five common names, it just tells you how far, wide, far and wide it has been spread. Um, strawberry bush, wahoo, hearts of busting, all the same plant. And in this particular case, the shingleback, the bobtail, the sleepy lizard, all the same thing. What they have discovered is that they have been smuggled overseas to be pets. And now it's not legal to do that. There's no regulation of international trade once they're out of the country. So it's a big problem. Um, they're particularly vulnerable to poaching because all four of these subspecies tend to n- live right around where they are born. They, their defenses are not great. They're, they're not, you know, they're vulnerable that way. Um, they'll stick their tongue out at you, but that's, that's really all that they'll, they're capable of doing. So they can easily be captured even by people that are unskilled at such things. That's just terrible. I really dislike that. Really, really dislike that. Hmm. There's some Carl stories, too, that are kind of interesting today from that part of the world. We might get to them eventually. Let's see. On to the telephone. Mabel is in Jackson. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Uh, I got two large houseplants with big leaves, Mm -hmm. and I want to know how to clean them, you know, because they seem dusty, you know. Okay. Um, there's a couple of things. There are products for that, but I don't actually use them. When mine look like they need to be cleaned up, I will spray um, just a little bit of water first. And if it's if there's something sticky that tells me that there's probably been a pest on there or some other problem like that, I'll just get a little bit of rubbing alcohol and spray on the same cloth, wipe the plant, and then go back and wipe it with water. You know, I don't want to leave the alcohol on or the vinegar or any of the other things that we might use to cut through something if if the leaf feels sticky if the leaf doesn't feel sticky water will take the dust off 
sticky. Yeah, just water will do it. That's one of the reasons why people keep that mister around in the house, you know, and just spray the plants every so often, is just to help keep them from collecting dust. Okay. And you just use just plain water? Yes, ma'am. Okay, now what about uh, the soil? Do I... How often do I suppose water? I guess. Well, it depends on the plant, but certainly you don't want anything to dry out to the point where the soil crusts on top, mm-hmm. and you don't want it to be um, where the plant wilts. Mm-hmm. But anything short of that, when it's indoor plants, you don't want to. You're not trying to grow them rapidly. You're trying to maintain them. So you just want to do it as often as it needs to be to keep it from keep the soil from crusting and keep the plant from wilting. Okay, now I got a. I bought uh, a growth bulb. Oh, good. And uh, how do I supposed to have it on all the time? They got a lamp, you know, I got it in the lamp. Do I put it beyond all times? Uh, I, I don't. I leave mine on um, maybe six hours during the day for plants that are grown. Obviously, it's more if I'm trying to grow seedlings, but for the plants that are already grown that I'm just adding light to, six hours with a plant light in the room with them is plenty. Because I go, I leave and go to work and I have it on. I want to know if I'm doing too much. Well, is is that four or five hours? Oh, eight hours. I'd be gone. I I probably I, if if the days have been gray like they are right now, I would leave it on. Okay, but if the day is not completely gray, I would just leave it. I would turn it off and or maybe put a timer on it and give them four hours or five. Okay, one more thing. Sure. Uh, my my sister she lives in Gulfport. And they sent her some, some uh, flower seeds through the mail. Mm-hmm. And she sent me some of them. And she said, now, she is that my own rich, you know, to plant them. Because they were saying, don't, uh, when you get those seeds, bring them to, you know, down. Oh, she got one of those things that wasn't, that, that she didn't order? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and take that to the extension. That's don't, fine. You don't think I should plant them? I wouldn't, because we don't know what it is. Yeah, that's right. That's what she got. She, mm-hmm. she, <laughs> she loves plants like I do. Yeah. And she was one she plant them. I said, well, I asked garden mother. Well, it's another thing you and I have in common. Um, I have I have had family I have family in Gulfport, and I, it's one of my very, very favorite places in the whole world. I hope your sister's doing well. Born there. Raised there. <laughs> Love it. Spent every summer there of my childhood. Thank you, ma'am. Good to hear from you today. The um, the story about me in Gulfport, of course, comes to a crashing halt at, at Hurricane Camille. That's how long ago that was. But um, just a, a, a wonderful town. And, and I go every chance I get. Every chance I get. Let's see. Oh, Terry's in Bogachita. Hello there. Are magnolias related to citrus trees? Not exactly, but the magnolia blooms do smell like oranges and lemons. Yes, in fact, um, some of the ones like the, the, the cowcumber or the big leaf magnolia smells really very, very citrusy. And so does, um, oh gosh, some of the other ones. There, there's, there are two or three others that I can think of that have a, a fairly good citrus scent to them. But it's not, it isn't a direct family relationship. It's just a. It, it, it's we, we all the plants fortunately have developed um, to understand what the pollinators like, <laughs> and I guess it's citrus, kind of like all of us. Um, sort of all all of us need that. Oh my goodness, um, birds! Birds seem to be in all the news. I I talked with um, Ken Hackman, texted with him a little bit ago. Our own bird man. There are some problems that I am not aware of here. 
but there are some problems up on the East Coast with bird feed that's not not sustaining the birds. The birds are getting sick and one thing and another. I'm, I'm going to tell you that if your bird seed is old or your feeder is dirty, you should clean it anyway. Same is true of hummingbird feeders, just as well as seed feeders. So do be aware of that and do pay attention. But we're there's nothing there's not a problem right here right now. However, uh, I will tell you that um, he's been leading tours this summer and whatnot, and eventually will get in here to give us a report because nobody knows birds like Ken Hackman. However, I will give you this one. I've got two howevers today. Um, I don't know. You know, we, we look at satellite images for 20 years and, and determine things, how things have changed. We, we can see what was and what is. Um, but I wouldn't have wanted to have to do this particular study. 195 years of studying, um, 195 year old rather stuff from birds' nests in Australia is now leading us to understand how the foraging by birds has changed. Who was the museum curator that put this stuff in the box 195 years ago? Well, someone did, and someone has finally pulled it out. Um, it That's was, a weight off my mind. For a second there, I thought you were going to say they found a mountain of bird, you know what, that not, at the very yet, bottom was 100 and something years old. Not yet. That probably does exist, however. Um, it's very, very true. But birds and humans have been sharing habitat, of course, ever since we found one another. And so just as I have had dogs that I walked on a particular path and birds that came and dive bombed them to get their hair for, you know, for particular nesting times of the year and stuff, um, I, there's, I just have to tell you that the human trash in the Australian birds' nests has changed in some ways, but not that much. Over all this time, this particular, as they call the detritus um, of our life, the strange assortment, things like coat hangers, um, saw blades. <laughs> These were all in 2018. Then they went and compared it. But guess what? Back in the when, there was just as many crazy human things. They just weren't made out of the things that ours are made out of. Um, old spectacles and uh, who who knows what they were first thinking. But the very first synthetic items came along. Uh, I just I love this. I just think it's so hilarious that there are 900 nest specimens in this collection of things, 2018, and then the the, the ancient ancient one. Um, the natural butcher bird nests. They're in the same family as the magpies. The magpies are the ones that seem to love to collect coat hangers <laughs> in our current time. Wonderful stuff, though. They, they never found um, anything before the 50s, and then suddenly there was polyester string, and the next thing you know, the whole world is full of coat hangers and crazy other things. I love it. Seven years after the end of the Second World War, they said polymers became widely available across Australia, and of course that's when the birds began to find them. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always interested to know what... When there there are birds that nest in two of my trees regularly, and the nests don't look the same from year to year, so it's always fun to see what they've dragged in there. And sometimes it's pretty interesting stuff. Pretty interesting stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm really hopeful that I'll be able to get the weed eater out this week at some point in between the showers. I'm starting to have some fairly um, tall day flower, and it's fine. 
but I don't need it to climb up out of the space between the beds and into the bed. Dayflower is the plant that it, in my garden and probably in yours follows spiderwort or follows tradescantia. They, they grow in about the same place with about the same level of neglect. Um, and I, I say that very kindly because that's intentionally what I do. It's an area that I just leave a little bit wild because I know that they'll come up and bloom in there. But I have one section that's stayed so wet lately, I haven't been able to get the anything out of there. I haven't been able to pull out the, the tradescantia, the, the spiderwort. And I just looked in there yesterday and realized that not only is the spiderwort blooming again, in some cases, little bitty flowers, because it's too hot. They, they don't look pretty now. But little tiny flowers. And then here's the dayflower coming in on top of it. So dayflower is one that is a very, very thin green stem. The leaves look sort of like a wandering Jew um, in a basket wood, solid green. And then they do have um, a little flower that's kind of sweet, but two of the petals are bigger than the third one. And so that's how you can tell it from other things that might be blooming right at the moment. It's not it, – people will tell you that it's invasive. People people don't, people don't understand. Invasive means you can't get rid of it, and it's destroying the environment and everything else that lived there at one point, okay? Dayflower doesn't do that. Rip it out. It's gone. It's It's not that big a deal. It's not it, kudzu. No, it's not kudzu, and it's not Chinese tallow trees, and it's not really terrible little leaf privets, you know, <laughs> um, all that sort of stuff. Um, the answer to your question, Ken, is no, he doesn't. <laughs> How's that for cryptic? Now, I'm not really sure why I wrote, why I left this song in today, except that it's hopeful. But uh, if clear skies are at your place, my hat is off to you. Stick around. We've got a long way to go this morning and lots to talk to you about here on Weekend Gardening. You're building a new home or remodeling an older home. Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it calls to bring you into this world, and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. 
This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by The Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. You can support Mississippi's many talented farmers, artisans, and craftsmen by purchasing products with a genuine Mississippi logo. That's the proof it's the real deal. To find products grown, raised, crafted, and made in our great state, just visit GenuineMS.com or visit the Genuine Mississippi store at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, and Saturdays, 8 to 1. I'm Andy Gibson, and I am Genuine Mississippi. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in. At Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Indoor air pollution can cause health risks, such as asthma, eye issues, itchy and sore throats, respiratory problems, and skin irritations. Green Home Solutions provides you the indoor air quality you want for your home or business without indoor air pollutions and without the use of harmful chemicals. Create a balanced, healthy, and clean environment with Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Call me, owner Michael Keaton, at 601-988-7840 or look for us on Facebook. It's time for butter beans, isn't it? My goodness. Something about something about cooking cornbread in the winter in the oven in a in a you know, eight inch pan or in my case a cast iron skillet, that sort of thing. 
it's just as much fun, but in the summer when you fry them so that you don't have to turn the oven on, I actually like the bread better. <laughs> I don't know if it's any, it's not, it's no different. It's the same thing. It just, there's just something about doing it in that small form that is, that appeals to me. And of course, you know, what's, what's not to love about butter beans? Come on. Um, I want to say hello to everybody, even though we're not there this morning. It's the watermelon festival in Mize. One of my very, very favorite events, but I got to tell you, it's going to be a little wet in most most parts of that particular event. If you, I'm just going to say it. If you have not eaten a yellow meat watermelon grown in Mississippi, oh boy, you have missed it. And I know that everybody loves red meat. I get all that. A friend of mine asked this question. He's a large gardener, large farmer. Actually, he said, um, "How come seedless watermelons never quite taste like the ones with seeds?" And I thought, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but that's true. It is true. The yellows have seeds in them, and the, but there's just something about that the sweetness that's a different quality that happens to appeal to me. So, hello, Watermelon Festival. Hope to see y'all next year. One of the questions that has just popped into my um, email early this morning was, uh, are, when are you all doing the Patreon Zoom business, blah, blah, blah? And, this, and of course, Patreon is where my Garden Mama community is. Yes, the... Facebook group still exists, but it it takes me so long just to get the things posted. I don't have any time to go in and do anything with anybody. So that that one's not as active as the Patreon group. And of course, that does give you the opportunity to support me, and that helps a lot. But we're going to do that the last week of this month. We're trying to trying to come for a sunny day. I'd like to be able to take the you know the whole Zoom thing out into the garden. So we're waiting another week for that. Thank you all very much. If you subscribe to the newsletter or if you are on Patreon at the Lily level or above, you um, you know about that. You know about these things. If if you happen to be um, if, if you happen to also support me on Patreon, you get any level of support. You end up at the Zoom meeting. And I appreciate that very much. Y'all ask the best questions. Y'all are great. Here's another one, y'all. Sometimes I get stuff I do and say proves me right. Other things you don't hear about because it turns out I was wrong. But <laughs> come on now, you know that's true. You have to blow your own horn, but you don't always have to tell everybody every mistake you ever made. From the Journal of Nutrition, however, middle to older age adults who ate at least three servings of whole grains daily had smaller increases in waist size, blood pressure, and blood sugar levels over time compared to those who ate less than one half serving per day, according to new research at Tufts University. Unquote. I very seldom read you the whole quote. I'm reading you that whole quote because I think it's that important. Those of us who, you know, I'm certainly not as cute, small. I was never cute and small. But a doctor told me a long time ago that if you have, if if your waist is within an inch or two of where you were when you were younger, when you get older, you're better off. And several other measures like that in terms of weight gain. So that's very important to me. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been way out of my range, and I'm back in it now, so I encourage you to stay there, too. And whole grains is part of it. I promise. David in Simpson County, let's talk muscadines. Uh, yes, ma'am. This year I have an abundance of muscadines, but I can't get to them because they're too high. Ah. I, um, I want to transplant them. How do I go about doing that? Well, the good news is that when they go dormant this winter, you can not only transplant them, but you can also 
prune them so that they don't, you know, when you retrain them, you're going to train them sideways rather than up. <laughs> so when you move them, in, but wait until their leaves come off before you start doing all that. I'm a little jealous, I have to tell you. It would be nice to have a box full of muscadine sitting here with us this morning. Yeah, all, all the rain this year, it's just it's made an abundance of them. I have blueberries that are almost as big as my thumb. I was really surprised, and I know that's just water. There's not. I didn't do anything else to them. So. Some of them are tasty. Some of them are kind of flat. But that's, Thank you for calling, David. Wait until winter, and I can't wait to hear the, the next year's report. I hope it'll be just as good. Big muscadines and lots of them. That, that's actually what the juicers prefer, you know, um, is a, because you can always concentrate the flavors, but you can't add to them if you, if you only had small fruit you can't bolster it any if it happened to not be as great taste as you wanted but you can certainly concentrate it when you have all of that um let's see back over here on the text line corinne says when do i start sweet potato starts um about a month or six weeks ago sorry um that's the sort of thing that you would find in the jackson area where corinne is you might find sweet potato slips in a box where for example at at, at Hutto's or at Lakeland or it, where they sell bulbs and where they sell other sorts of um, unusual vegetation. And I, I don't I mean that quite sincerely, where they have a large selection of vegetable plants. I don't know who else does in your area where you are, but that's where you would find them. What we we plant those, the, the tr- tradition is to plant them in May, for example, at the end of school so that then they can be harvested in September when the children come back or after they come back in August, shortly after that anyway. But if, you've, if you can find them, you'd certainly want to go ahead and hurry up and plant them because they have to have Oh gosh, a hundred it's like pumpkins. You have to have a hundred days of really hot weather to get anything growing. Um let's see. Pat is in central Mississippi and she wants to move a pineapple guava bush. Oh what a nice plant. When's it better not to move it now, better to move it um if you possibly can in later in the the fall or even in the wintertime. My choice though would be late February um, and and late next year. But if you can get it moved at the end of the fall here, it'll have plenty of time to get reestablished. Just I wouldn't. This is not one I would dig up in January. It is a really pretty flower. Isn't that lovely? They're such pretty plants. We don't grow nearly as many of them as we should. Um, Rhino, I saved this story for you, and since we only have two minutes left in this hour, no one can comment on it because we'll just move right along. Rodents and pigs, oh boy, two of our best friends, share with some aquatic organisms, and you remember that rodents and pigs are mammals like us, okay? They share with certain aquatic organisms, um, well, let's just put it straight, they can use their intestines to breathe. If that doesn't upset you, it you're not thinking clearly, folks. Not Rhino. Rhino's got the look on his face that tells me. But all the rest of us have to really do understand um, that this is that this will deliver them from respiratory failure, and that's the whole point. Of course, that's why aquatic organisms are able to do this. It's reporting in the journal Med, and then the reporting in Cell as well. Um, what they're trying to work on, of course, by doing this is better understanding of the ways that we can help someone who cannot breathe. And obviously that's a big deal for us with the problems that we're facing now with COVID. And I'm going to tell you, just like I tell you every week, 
I took my vaccination. You should take yours. Come on now. I think the proof is in the pudding. All right? Okay. Let's sing along with Ringo. Come back for more very shortly here in a few minutes. Weekend Gardening. I like to be under the sea. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. We're the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation offices. Farm Bureau is a grassroots organization with county offices serving all 82 counties. From Adams to Yazoo and every county in between, we have local county boards affecting change all across Mississippi. And every Farm Bureau employee is working to improve the quality of life for everyone in the state. When Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. I've always gotten tons of UTIs. Cranberry products never worked for me, and I was desperate for a way to be proactive. I'm Jenna Ryan, CEO and founder of Eucora. We've worked with doctors to develop effective urinary tract health products. Just mix a packet of Eucora with water and drink it when you need support, like right after intimacy. Eucora is helping over 100,000 women stay healthy. Ready to join them? Get 30% off at eucora.com slash radio. That's U-Q-O-R-A dot com slash radio. Selling your vehicle? We'll buy it. Need to put it on our lot? We'll consign it. Just need a new ride for the new you? We'll trade it. Pinnacle Motors needs you and your vehicle. Steve Owen and the friendly staff of Pinnacle Motors is buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 at Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Pinnacle Motors needs you and your vehicle. Quality vehicles. Affordable prices. Pinnacle Motors. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. To curb what he called a never-ending cycle of violent crime in the capital city, this week, Governor Tate Reeves announced a new safety initiative alongside the Department of Public Safety. This is not what Jackson is and does not reflect who we are as a city or who we are as a state. For Jackson to reach its full potential, residents must be able to satisfy one of their most basic, fundamental needs, safety and security. The initiative will allow the Department of Public Safety to increase their visibility within city limits, freeing up Jackson police to patrol additional areas. Built on Mississippi's sweat and pride, here in Canton, rising to the challenge is part of our DNA. And the 2022 Nissan Frontier will be manufactured right here in Mississippi. The beginning of production was celebrated Thursday at the Canton Nissan plant. Nissan executives and employees were joined by Governor Tate Reeves, who commended the automaker for their continued investment in Mississippi. I'm Andy Davis.
dip into our new coconut cream pie ice cream and imagine being stranded on a deserted island. Rich coconut French ice cream, flakes of coconut, tasty pie crust pieces, and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued. The good old days are being made right Along with other goods, the price of beef continues to rise, as explained by Andy Berry with the Mississippi Beef Council. All beef across the board, if you just average beef prices, is average five eighty six a pound. That was up about fourteen cents from May of this year, and it's ninety one cents across the board higher than June of nineteen. So almost a dollar a pound higher. Berry said it's a supply chain issue as much as it is a supply and demand issue. And a date has been set for a pair of special elections to fill vacated seats in the Mississippi Senate. Elections will take place in Districts 32 and 38 on November 2nd after Senator Samson Jackson recently announced his retirement and Senator Tammy Witherspoon resigned her seat as she began her term as the mayor of Magnolia. Jackson had served in the Senate since 1992 while Witherspoon was first elected in 2016. For more Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Major League Baseball draft saw five Mississippi State Bulldogs taken, led by Will Badnar in the first round, the 14th pick overall, taken by the San Francisco Giants. The Bulldogs also lost three signees in the Major League draft in the first and second rounds. There were four Ole Miss players taken in the Major League draft, led by Gunnar Hoagland, in the first round, taken by the Blue Jays. In the second round was Doug Nikhazy, taken by the Indians. Right-hander pitcher Taylor Broadway was taken in the sixth round by the White Sox. One rebel commitment, Jackson Job out of Oklahoma, was taken in the first round by the Tigers. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles had outfielder Reed Trimble, taken by the Orioles, the 65th pick overall. Left-hander Ryan Oach by the Padres in the seventh round. And... Hunter Stanley was taken in the 11th round by the Cleveland Indians. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking. Hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. 
The Tokyo Olympics are still scheduled to get underway in Tokyo later this month. Five Ole Miss Rebels will be competing in the events. Sam Kendricks in men's track and field became a star in 2016 when he took on the bronze medal in pole vaulting. And the Brittany Reese will be in the women's track and field event, making her fourth appearance in the Olympics. She took on gold in the long jump in 2012 and silver in 2016. Mississippi State has six Bulldogs in Tokyo. Brandon McBride, the men's track and field, returning to the Olympics after competing in Rio in 2016. Erica Bagard set records at Mississippi State and is competing in her first Olympic Games. Curtis Thompson, the men's track and field, runner-up in 2019 and is set to compete in Javelin in Tokyo. And the other Mississippi natives include Corey McGee, out of past Christiane, making her first trip to the Olympics. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. What else blooms in the summer besides crepe myrtles, huh? Hmm, 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 Well, clethra, abelia, butterfly bushes, trumpet vines, the fabulous blue mist shrubs, um, all kind of other things. Cape jasmines, Rosa Sharon, hydrangeas, of course, St. John's wort, oleander. Anybody tells you that there's nothing else you got to plant the crepe myrtle, tell them, tell them, get, talk to Weekend Gardening. Tell them, call, call Garden Mama. We got other choices. And there's plenty of color to add to. Um, um, Abelia may be my favorite because not only are the flowers wonderful, but because there are so many of them, you can literally get every color in the leaves, and they just go and go and go all summer long. That and other such information is what comes out here on Weekend Gardening. Primarily, of course, your phone calls. Is Diane still with us from Ocean Springs? Hey, Diane. Good morning. Thank you so I much for holding on. I have, mm-hmm. what's, what's on? Uh, I have a Canadian that I thought died last year because I really didn't take care of it. But to my surprise, it came up and looks good, but it's only one. And I was wondering, I want to plant some more, but it's facing my, the north side of my house, and I, all my reading is shade. So it's definitely in the sun. Mm-hmm. So can I move that in the shade? And my second one was my boxwood, the dwarf boxwoods, can I move those? Boxwoods are really going to be better moved in the wintertime. They're, they're not a super easy plant to transplant because they, their roots are deep and complicated and they, they're not, they're easily damaged, I should say. It's not that, it's not a not thing, it's that they are easily damaged. So move those in the wintertime. But in Ocean Springs, if that caladium came up and it's not where you want it, I, I don't see any reason not to dig it up and move it. Just do it all in one motion. Know where you're going with it, whether it's a container or into another bed, and just dig it up and move it quickly. I'm, I'm Congratulations. What that tells me about that spot, now, it certainly can be warm enough in Ocean Springs for a caladium to survive. But it's also true that the soils are sometimes very wet, so you have well-drained soil or that caladium would have rotted. <laughs> so congratulations. Okay, because okay, it came up looking so pretty, and I was so disappointed. I said, oh, now i got to really take care of it this year. <laughs> oh, that? Well, I thought I had really killed it. 
I said, now nah, I got to figure out how I'm going to move because it's not in the right spot. But it, yeah, dig up I the mean, whole thing. Go like go about six inches out from wherever it is, you know, and dig a whole bunch of the soil up with it and just move it all at once so you don't damage the tubers. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Let me know how it goes. I look forward to hearing about it. I love caladiums. They're not the easiest plants to keep um, from season to season. They are storable, but but we do have just a great love for them in the South, particularly for the shade. Jim is in Laurel. What's on your watermelon mind today? Good morning. Mom, I love listening to your show every Saturday. And when I can't get you on Saturday, I listen, listen to you on rerun on Sunday. Thank you. But got a question. Now, you mentioned watermelon while go red and yellow. Mm-hmm. We call them meter down here. You said meat. We call it yellow meter or red meter. Yeah. Ask a question. Salt on watermelon, yes or no? No. Yo. <laughs> well, I love it on it. Second question. For is, me, it's a form of rebellion. My father put salt on it, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Are you rebellious? Okay. Second is a story. Back when we were kids, what is the best watermelon? Well, that, I mean, if, if you look at the South over the last 80 years or something, probably Charleston Gray. No, it's a stolen watermelon. Yeah, stolen one. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. Yeah, well, we were kids. This man lived across the road had about five acres of watermelons. Had a swim hole over there. We'd go over and get four or five watermelons, go there and throw them in the creek, swim about half a day, eat watermelon, jump in, wash off, come to the house. Then he told us we could have all the watermelons we wanted. It changes the taste of them. Of course. Of, of course. course. And the third but, thing, I'll leave this with you, and I'm 71 years old, and I still got a good sense of humor. I love life. I love I love people. But you're talking about pant size while it goes down and now. Mm-hmm. I'm 71 years old, and I still wear the same size pants now I wore when I was 18. I think but you're I, lying, but okay. <laughs> I, wear them, I wear them six inches lower. I was going to say, I don't know about that. Thank you, Jim. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> now, here's I, the best tasting watermelon that I ever tasted in my entire life was brought to the greenhouse where I worked by the man who was courting me. He worked in the watermelon field. I worked in the greenhouse. He brought it over on Friday morning when they harvested, put it into the cooler where we kept all of our flowers, and at the end of the day came over and shared it with all of us. You think it didn't taste good? Probably why I married him. Anyway, um, one of the many but that was certainly didn't, didn't hurt to impress me. Let's put it that way. I'd have to say the best watermelon I've ever had is what we called an accidental watermelon because we have... Mom had a pool with a big big uh, patio around it and a little gardening area at the end, and there was a table that we would eat watermelons at the table right by the, the dirt. And apparently some seeds decided, Surprise! hey, this is good. <laughs> and the watermelons came up, and a big one came up, so we harvested it and had it, and oh, man, was it good. Yeah, the best one, because you didn't expect it. Um, I've, I've had a really good cantaloupe that grew in my compost pile that was better than the one I grew that, that it came from. You know, it's just ridiculous sometimes, This the happenstance of gardening. Um, when I think about those stories, I think always about Pat Stone and the Weeder's Digest that he has written for so many years because it's those, that's, those are the stories that gardeners nod and smile, you know, when we read or tell those stories. Andrea's in Madison. Thank you very much for your kind words. She wants to try to grow okra. Have I missed the window? No, you can start that now. 
Um, I would look for a shorter variety. You don't need to spend the time that it's going to take to grow a six-foot-tall okra before it produces. So I'm going to look for baby Bubba or for um, the, the Cajun. I can't think of the name of the Cajun. It's Cajun something or another. But anyway, just go look at the seeds or the plants, the, whichever they've got, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to do them. There's plenty of hot weather left for okra. No, no question about that. I have um, never had a bird bigger than a parakeet in my house. And I have to tell you that living with parakeets, two of them, were was quite an experience. Um, and, and I might do that again. I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. But, but the macaws and the big gray parrots and the other things that people live with, I guess I think they're going to wake up in the night and start yelling at me or something. I don't know. The, the the parakeets, because the parakeets would, they didn't go into their cages after a few years. They just lived in the house. It sounds crazy, but my mother really liked them. <laughs> anyway, and so you would hear them at night, but it was never very noisy, but it was sort of noisy. They weren't sleeping in a cage under a cover. So always think about gray parrots and how much noise they make in the daytime. And I think they might shriek in the night and, and surprise me. I'm probably making that up, but that's what I think. That's why I've never wanted a bigger bird. Okay? Well, new data from Texas A&M, and why are they studying them? And the Macaw Society also, by the way, they may be able to do a better job of conserving. You know, we have had over-pet production and not enough wild production of, of macaws, scarlet macaws, and other similar large parrots. Um, th- there's not a big concern, but it is declining, and it's, so that's something to pay attention to across South America, Central America too, which is where they're they're not doing as well as they should. This information from Texas A&M is being reported in the Avian Conservation and Ecology Journal, which of course is all about studying. Everything about large parrots, migratory movements, um, nesting habits, and in fact, in this case, just the, the counts of them. They're really trying to understand what this species needs so that we don't run into the wall where there's too few of them and they all have to be pulled out to try and preserve the species at all. Their numbers are declining, and if they can get, uh, you know, here's the big deal. It's a huge home range, all right? Um, they're more than two and a half acres per bird. So it's it's not like those lizards from Australia that all live their whole life within a very short period of time, the shinglebacks. That's why they're so easy to find and deal with and steal, frankly, poach. The, the, the parrots are more difficult, and that makes it harder to get into what they need to actually do. But we are back again doing the orbital satellite studies. I really do love this. Um, you know, I'm... Um, I'm the person that always wants to know about having the, the the radio tag on the critter, whether it makes them more prestigious in the group or whether it makes them shunned. And I, I have a feeling in the macaw case, it gives you the prestige because um, they're really they're they're enjoying this research and there's so many of them. They've tracked four blue and yellow macaws and six scarlet macaws for eight years. Now, if anybody hadn't liked them in their group, they would have been shunned and banished by now. So, in, interestingly enough, um, you know, when your family member says they're going to go study parrots, they may actually be telling the truth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. It is quite possible. Um, one of the 
Ken, your story about getting paid in food um, here reminds me of my mother, who was a teacher, and mother was um, much beloved because she would she was willing to go the extra mile. Thought it was kind of funny that football players and whatnot were never in class on Friday, and so she you know she would go the extra mile and make sure that they had their assignments, and if they didn't make what they needed to make, she would kick them in the behind until they did. I mean, she has had a reputation for holding your nose to the grindstone, but also bringing it to you so that you could get the work done, which is something every teacher, I think, aspires to do. So the the uh, they would go hunting on in the off-season and whatnot. Her freezer never lacked for anything that you wanted to cook or share because of that, between the fish and the deer and the one thing and another. Oh, my goodness. Really fun stuff. Randy wants to know what kind of elephant ear this is. Um, I'm going to say black magic. Look it up and see if I'm correct. I think it's in too much sun to get the color that you need, which is usually more of the color that's on the left than the color on the right. But it does have green veins, and then it'll have very, very dark leaf color. It's a pretty plant. I, uh, I, I know that we... We attribute things. It's called anthropomorphization. Oop, that's not the right way to pronounce that word. But anthropomorphism is saying that my cat knows what I'm thinking. Okay, that the cat's saying something. The cat's not saying anything. But I'm interpreting the cat's motions and movements. Um, last night was, I, I could have taken to be, I could have been the princess with the pea, you know, and in, in, in not having, not being able to sleep. One of the cats got into my bed, and my cat came and got into my bed, but decided that he needed to be closer to me than the other cat, which leaves me approximately two square feet of bed by the time these two gigantic cats get done. It's just crazy. But that's, that's how we do these things. We, we associate. I knew he was jealous. He's not jealous, but, but, he, but he is for, to my perception. So we talk about the sharp eyes of an eagle. We talk about the extraordinary hearing of an owl. Those things are true, but only to an extent. They're only true because we are observing them. You know, the owls probably have every bit as, you know, 10 down to zero as to who can hear and who can't, just like we have with people. But because that's what we associate, that's how we relate. Obviously, they got to find food. They got to be able to see things. They've got to be able to hear things coming to stay away from them. But what about, what about the ones that don't? don't make the same kinds of decisions, okay? I think about storks. We understand that that the reason we associate babies being brought by storks, or for some reason we do associate this, we associate this in part because they nest in chimneys. So they, they nest close to people. They get in, they're in your, they're in your way. They must be there for some reason. I've always liked that story better than finding you under the cabbage leaf out in the garden, you know. So, I, I mean, it's, it's neither one of them. But again, humans do this. This doesn't make any sense. But now we understand our friends at the Max Planck Institute, once again, bringing us things. The, the storks are attracted by the smell of mown grass. In the same way, I'm saying, they're not saying, but I'm saying in the same way that seagulls are attracted to turned earth. Because they know there's going to be things in there for them to eat. Okay, in the same case, the the storks are really only the only the ones downwind can can actually smell it, but they all react to the sight. 
So it's one of the very few times that we have seen both two senses in a bird be applicable because the birds will come even if they're not within smell of it. They're not downwind from the smell of the mowing. They just see the mowing and they show up. And I think that's kind of interesting. That's a perceptive behavior on their part that we didn't attribute to them. We 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 do see that um, maybe we they they were a bigger you know it's a big white stork it's, obviously it's going to be preyed on by other things if it doesn't have some kind of game you know some some extra ability to figure things out so the ability for them to perhaps smell without being smelled that's part of it and also their ability to hear the mowers perhaps to see the sight of these these machines it's a behavior that they probably did not develop until we humans interacted with them and they're you know they're looking for the frogs they're looking for the snails they're looking for whatever else um but that's that's really what it's all about is how many senses do they use in this case the storks kind of have the upper hand so you're saying the storks react to the mowers the same way the dog reacts to the crinkle of the chip bag yes i think that's very very similar um the 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 cat that you think is deaf that can hear the sound of the canned food from four rooms away, you know. I mean, there's just there's certain things. Or even the can of soup that has no food in it, it has for them. has nothing it's in huge. it for them at all, just the very, very noise, just the noise. Um, do you remember, I know, I'm sorry I don't know the name of the movie, but do you remember the story about the people who followed the whooping cranes on their migration with the the, the pedal-powered plane, basically, you know, they were they wanted, wanted to do the research without disturbing them. Um, I, I really think this is one of those situations where if I just don't, I need to just read the sentence or the part of it. Fourteen long-legged, fuzzy brown whooping crane chicks, whew, one more than in 2019, are following their parents or costumed surrogates in facilities from New Orleans all the way to Calgary, Canada. Now, come on. We need the documentary. Forget Anthony Bourdain. I want the documentary of the whooping cranes again. (laughs) I need to see some more of this. Obviously, adult whooping cranes are amazing looking. You know, they're beautiful, but they're they're little fuzzy chicks. They've got to get grown up in order to get there. So one flock based in southwest Louisiana and one in Wisconsin and Florida, different ultralight aircraft you know, motioning them and moving them from place to place. Well, they're up to 507 chicks hatched this year. I think we might have figured something out. Good heavens. Whooping cranes and adult birds and people and babies. And what a wonderful green world we live in here on Weekend Gardening. Turn your radio on. Have the glory, share the glory, share the lifestyle. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. It's the first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a late.
cream pie ice cream and imagine being stranded on a deserted island. Rich coconut French ice cream, flakes of coconut, tasty pie crust pieces, and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued. The good old days are being made right now. No Drip Roofing in Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing in Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing. Doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to two men and a truck, Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months, I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no catch. It's simple. And you get your cash back right away. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code PARK for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Earn cash back on gas on every fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code PARK for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code PARK. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Shrimp. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Oysters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your Fresh Seafood Headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407.
Thank you so much for deciding that you want to talk green, that you want to be part of weekend gardening, listening in, sending in texts, calling in on the phone, and uh, quite frankly, just enjoying the green world. It is indeed a break from the rest of the world, but there's a very powerful quality about gardening, about horticulture. It makes you feel better when you do it. Something we all need to do. We need to find things that make us feel better that don't hurt us or other people. And one of them is gardening. And I appreciate your interest in it because, quite frankly, that's what makes my world spin. Now, I, I, I have to give you this. I did not really pay attention to the list of words that the sweet young woman from Harvey, Louisiana, had to spell to win the Scripps Spelling Bee. But I now have the whole list of them in front of me. And I got to tell you, I was walking through the hall at my house last night after turning off the lights on one side, and there's like two little lights, anyway, tiny little amount of illumination. And I thought of this word, dysphotic. And I got up this, I hadn't thought about that word in a long time. It was, I, I took two semesters of vocabulary. That's how boring. You want to know how boring I am? I took two semesters of vocabulary. Anyway, um, th- this is a word that I learned then, and you hardly ever get to use it. Sure enough, it's on her list. Dysphotic is having feeble illumination. We don't think of it like Mr. Magoo, okay? We think of it like the the fluorescent light that's on its last flash before the ballast gives up. <laughs> and it's just a feeble, really puny kind of illumination. Occurs where the light is very limited. And it, it generally, um, generally speaking, you, you think of it at, at depth, like in the ocean, okay, that it's dysphotic, which I think gives us the implication that it's also a little fuzzy as well as feebly lit. But um, I, I love this. The young woman, Miss Avant Garde, d- d- actually correctly guessed the word's meaning. <laughs> How do, you, how do you put, I don't know enough, I know a lot about how words are put together, but dysphotic would not have gotten there for me. I would have thought it was, I mean, it does. It's, it's lack of light, but I wouldn't have thought of it like in the ocean. Anyway, just an interesting thing. The, the Once upon a time when Brett Favre retired from football, he gave an interview and talked about working crossword puzzles because, you know, he's had his head smacked a few times, putting that mildly. And one of the things that we all try to do to repair some of that is to continuously do things that require you to use those inner interior muscles in your brain. And for him, it was crossword puzzles. And he said, as so many people have noted over the years, after you do crossword puzzles for a while, those words appear out in your world. You know, you never, never saw that word before. And all of a sudden, it's not a couch, it's a divan, you know, and all of a sudden you read it and it's a divan they're writing about. What? No, and you didn't even know it was a synonym until you had it in the crossword puzzle. So it's just interesting the way words work and the way our brains work around it. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, in that In that regard, when I'm looking at what I want to be planting right now, I'm literally looking forward. I'm looking at thinking in my head, Last year, for example, a four-inch parsley plant was about maybe two years ago, two dollars and fifty cents. Last year was about three fifty, probably going to be four dollars this year, simply because not it, it, everything's harder to get, 
everything the frankly the the dirt that they planted in and the truck that they ship it to your store in and everything else all costs more than it did probably the container itself if not the seeds so i say plant the things that you really want more of plan it out this way don't just go out and say well i'm going to plant one of everything i'm planting parsley in the little seed trays i'm going to have lots of it for me <laughs> and a few other people if they're lucky but it's the same way with my cherry tomatoes i told you a few weeks ago we had a couple of nights in the 60s and i thought maybe i had gotten some tomato set on these tomatoes that i picked up late in the season at gaddis mclaurin sure enough i got a whole cluster of the black cherry tomatoes that are ripening now well those are easier to grow than Big Boy or Beefsteak or Better Boy or any of those gigantic slicing tomatoes, so I'm not surprised. But if you got the big tomatoes going, I'd like to hear about that, too, because, quite frankly, we could all enjoy that. When we see things, we think about them. Um, I would be willing to bet that Corinne, who wrote in and asking about sweet potatoes, I'll bet you she saw some pretty sweet potatoes at the store this week and said, you know, you grow those in the summer. I should do that. That's how we associate things. In a two-part study very recently, talking about contextual associations and, and how to understand counting them, in other words, the quantifying of them, nobody's done this before in addition to looking at where it happens in your, your brain, where we automatically associate that one thing with the other. I associate the need. It's time to start parsley plants for the fall here pretty quick. I associate my need for that with the fact that the price tag was a lot higher last year. Now, I've always had some that I've grown, but I always end up buying a, a pot or two to add to it and, you know, add to get some more because I use a lot of parsley. That's how I ended up with all these onions here in, at the onion farm, you know, because I do that. Really glad I didn't plant them last week. They'd have all drowned. So they're going to sit on the shelf for a little while longer and be, be a little bit drier. But when we associate things in our minds, there's part of our mind that does that. There's part of our mind that puts those things together to build the context both for what we're talking about and also, quite frankly, to set the expectations for the next thing. And it's, it's interesting that they're finally doing this. I'm surprised they hadn't done it before. University of Pennsylvania, Johns Hopkins University, they're mapping out that part of our brain that puts – my no, my thing, the similar object, my desire for parsley with my need to plant seed. You know, these these two kinds of connections. They're not the same thing, you know. Um, it's the reason why you are unlikely to, to think about a sailing boat, you know, a, a sail or something, if, if you're looking at a dishwasher. But you might think about a meal because it's a, the association is there. Just like if you were looking at a boat, and you had just recently been on a picnic on a boat, you might think about food there, but you wouldn't think about the boat and the dishwasher in the same piece of your brain. And they're all, obviously they're doing a... Um, this is one of those huge databases. Thank goodness we have computers to crunch it because we have too many other things. But they are now working on an algorithm based on that statistical model to say how often you would associate one thing with another. And so this two-stage... See this, associate it with that. See this, associate it with that same thing, but not associate those two things. Well, that's kind of normal, isn't it? Pretty interesting stuff. Um, how our brains are connected, quite frankly, is one of the things that separates human beings from the other creatures, we think. 
Um, we don't hear their radio shows, so you know we we can't actually know. But the 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 part in your brain that grabs it is called the visual cortex, and it may or may not be the the part. It, it's the part that measures space, but it may or may or may not be the part that associates those two things together. They're, that's the next piece. You know, we always have to have the next piece of research to come along. It seems like that's the logical extension of of what we've understood for a few years now about association with senses and the sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's why, you know, that this is not a pleasant one necessarily, but that's why the smell of chlorine reminds me of the YMCA where I learned to swim and hated it and was scared to death. <laughs> But it still has that, you know. Um, it I, I, later, of course, I loved the natatorium, but sometimes that indoor environment I didn't like. The outdoor environment I thought was great. Swam there for years, but it, they're the things that we associate. Um, or like the storks smelling the mowed grass. When I smell the mowed mow grass, I think of soccer fields. Ah, see, there you are. I, I, I when I smell mown grass, I think of frankly checking the engine, the oil, to see if there's oil in the lawnmower. Because I have a much more mundane experience, you know. Um, yeah, where is that? Where is that string trimmer? Well, it's standing in the corner because it's too wet to use it. Um, Garden Mama, let's see. Bob in Summit says that he planted eight beefsteak and eight celebrity, and he has harvested five five-gallon buckets from these tomatoes. I like it. I like it. You and Trey and Grenada get the Tomato Awards this year. Um, Brian, it's a good thing you weren't here last week or we would have gotten into the car and left and Buddy would have had no producer because Trey sent us tables full of tomatoes. Oh, Pictures man. Just you know, ridiculous. Just beautiful. It's like, no, where are they? Oh, they're, oh, they're in Grenada. And then, right after that, all of them put in jars. Mm. I mean, look. Yeah, that's in driving distance. Yep, it is. Um, let's see. Oh, this is a real good idea from Corinne. She is taking the tops off of her established tomatoes and the healthy cherry tomato tops, and they do. She's right. They root in water in about a week, and then she plants them and has a head start for the second wave of tomatoes. I always recommend that. I do recommend, in fact, if you have one that's real healthy, just prune it, root the, root the cuttings, and keep the rest of the plant, too. But sometimes the rest of the plant doesn't look so great, and you can cut out the top, and it's nice and healthy, and go ahead and root it. That's a very good idea. Um, Because, frankly, in another month when you decide that you want to have tomato plants, it's going to be hard to find them. Um, By the time we get to mid-August going into September, they're... It's you're about you're about late unless you're maybe in Grenada. <laughs> we can we can do that a little bit later then. But they really plant sooner there because they worry about the cold weather coming along. It's just it's funny how the plant availability and plant growing are not always the same thing. I did look down in the bottom also of um, the not the 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 black cherry tomato the the, the little tiny tomatoes. Uh, and, and there, I had dropped a tomato in there, which is not them. It was another cherry tomato, and it has come up. And that reminds me to tell you that if you have the experience where either the tomato is cracking and you can see that the, the seeds are starting to swell up and spring, send out just a little shoot, that's a root. So you may want to let them try to do that on their own. We had, as we've had this year, been reporting um, the lady's wonderful garden. She had a she had a tomato that just decided to pop its roots out all around the top. And last week she was sending pictures showing us week before last I think now um, of the tomatoes themselves m- making tomatoes. 
yes, that is one way to save seed and produce more plants. It, it isn't necessarily the most efficient way from the standpoint of somebody that's trying to grow thousands, but since you're only trying to grow a few, uh, it works beautifully. Why not? Why not? My goodness. <laughs> I, I, I know that this exists. I know I've heard of this, but I have never really had anything to do with what can only be described as a havoc-wreaking worm. Mm-hmm. That's right. We don't really think about worms. I mean, to me, havoc is a big thing, you know. It's, but guess what? These For 2,000 years, and here's another case where we give it a name and it has nothing to do with the creature. Shipworms is what we call these things. They're actually mollusks. But it, they do look kind of like worms, and so they, they're in ships, and so that's what they've gotten called. But it does give a bad name to worms, because worms cannot do this. This is, unfortunately, um, over 2,000 years, they've been eating the docks, the piers, the boats, and everything like that. But the, even, even everybody back as far as Christopher Columbus go all the way back to the ancient Greeks and their fleets had these creatures. Wouldn't you think we could have figured this out by now, how to keep that from happening? Well... The problem, and now we understand a whole lot of why we can't, there are very few things that can digest the level of lignin that is present in actual wood that you build ships and docks and piers and whatnot out of. This creature, in much the same way that we understood from last week that the the teeth are different in a, a panda because they have to strip the bamboo, the skin off the bamboo, okay, that's one reason why their teeth are different. We understand now that this is a big piece of this particular problem is how do these nothing else can digest this stuff because nothing else can actually take this apart this way. It's like a thick, unbreakable eggshell. And the shipworms are still trying to figure out how they can do it, but they they do have different protein groups within them. They do have different bits and pieces of things that are they're studying, but they're the only ones that can do it. And that's why they succeed, and that's why they're part of history. Really interesting, though. We're we're <laughs> now they want to figure out how do they eat the wood, and why do they not not why, but how do they eat the wood in beyond to get it to the point where the proteins could digest it. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. We've been people, human beings have been dealing with that for literally all that time, and there we are. Oh, yeah. We, we're we're going to talk about scale insects. Talk about not wanting to see it. Oh, my goodness. There's some big problems out here. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Open up the window. Let some air to this room. I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume. And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death. Open up the window, let me catch my breath Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said that ain't no way to have fun Son, that ain't no way to have fun Son, son, son There's not a lot that's free in life I mean, it calls to bring you into this world and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, 
or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a black label bridge builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, the home of Ole Miss Sports, brought to you in part by All Britain's Jewelers, Diamonds, Watches, Specialty Gifts, and more. Your family-owned full-service jewelers since 1920. Visit All Britain's Jewelry in their new location on Old Canton Road behind Highland Village. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream, the new degree of comfort. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in.
Ah, uh, yes, indeed. You know, we, we talk a lot about the things that, that separate us and divide us, and too many things do. We have a whole lot more in common as human beings than we do that actually separates us. And to think otherwise, in my opinion, is kind of arrogant because, you know, we're humans. Are there, we know how many other planets there are. We don't mean many more of them have people like us on it. So we kind of need to hang together to a certain extent, right? Well, the idea of picking out your own music and never listening to anything else is tough because you literally don't hear I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of the song by the sweet young woman who went to the White House this week and she has two gazillion followers and I've never heard of her but she's talking about vaccinations and I thought she presented herself well and then I listened to her song and it's fine I'm not a big pop music fan but it's lovely so I need to pay more attention and what I think about is I need to maybe go a little farther in my searches than just Mark Knopfler Radio. <laughs> I need to go farther than Derbug. I need to get out there and hear some other things that I, I won't bring them here necessarily, but I do listen to a few things that have been recorded within the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> it's good for me to do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for deciding to make this all part of your day today. I have one more tale for you about this whole notion of wildlife and how we monitor them and what we're doing. The uh, the Wildlife Conservation Society's Nigeria program is something that we have talked about here before because they have the best cameras. And they they put the teeny tiniest cameras in the places where more and more the you you will have seen this even if you uh, never realized what it was. There, There are pictures where every monkey walks up to the camera and then walks away. Well, those are, that's generally speaking, the Nigerian primate research people, because they've got so many cameras that there's always somebody going and filming and looking at something. Um, it, this was at the Afi Mountain Wildlife Sanctuary. They did not, this is an area that is smaller than the city of Paris, okay, like 38 square miles, very small for, for a huge number of primates. What they're showing us that there may be as many as 300 of the rarest gorilla subspecies in the world there, and we only know it because of cameras, and we're not interfering with them because we're only looking. It's just beautiful. Um, Along with Nigeria Cameroon chimpanzees and drills and something called the Red River Hog, which I would have thought would have been from my state of Louisiana since we have the Red River, but I don't know. I don't know what that one looks like, and there's no pictures for me to tell you. But there, they do. Um, there, there are unfortunately. There's a big effort. Just like there's poachers of everything everywhere. There's people that lay out wire traps to catch small game in the wildlife preserve. But that in turn has a problem because you can also get the infants of the primates, and that's terrible. You know, it's, when it comes to species recovery, we certainly don't need any of the babies to be threatened. So the biggest effort that goes on in this forest, in, the, in this, this, well, it's a forest, it's this wildlife preserve, is to go through and undo the snares um, to the point where last year alone they removed 2,000-plus wire snares from this area that's only 38 square miles. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, logging, illegal farms, all those things um, are are big are part of the deal too. But the more cameras there are, of course, the harder it is for any of these other creatures to get in the way of the effort 
um, you know, to try and make sure that the, there's some place for the primates to live. I'm just looking at a picture of this Red River hog, and it looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised with a name it's like got that. These wild ears and a, and a face that looks painted. It, it's a wild-looking pig. That's fun, isn't it? I mean, and we wouldn't see that if we didn't understand that somebody out there is trying to make sure that these species have a place to live, and obviously they got to take the snares out because the, some of those things are food sources. And some of those things are obviously the snares are going to get to catch up other critters other than the ones that they're intended for. So every little piece like that, every area, every if there's a group of people and they want to preserve this or that or conserve this or that, you know, we have gigantic programs in our state and, and around the country, of course, for conserving land and to make sure that things are properly stewarded as we go forward so that we don't develop every square inch and we don't remove every bit of habitat. Those programs are vital and are so important and just do so they give us beautiful places to drive and look and see and creatures that we, you know, can actually observe and enjoy. But one single tree can actually make a difference. In the case of the study being done by American University, very good school, by the way, for this kind of stuff, planting individual trees sometimes doesn't seem like enough. Um, we talk about the number of trees lost to a storm or lost to the floods. How do we ever? Re- how are they going to replant Germany? How are they going to replant the trees lost in Southern California when there's landslides? Us after a hurricane, okay? But it's really interesting. If we think of the power, we will be more willing to find a way. What this particular study has done is to measure the cooling benefit of a tree, one, planted right there. And yes, it is measurable. Um, Even in the pre-dawn hour, the areas that only had about 20% of the area covered were cooler than the areas that had no trees in the urban environment, showing that uh, obviously... Those standings that show us that in the afternoon and moving into the evening, that shade is building a space that keeps, stays cool overnight. And I think that's very, very exciting. These are the things that, would, if you're only planting one tree, don't think it's too little. Now, plant it carefully and know where it is, but remember that it is it does have a place to be in the world. Um, that looks like a verbena bed. You need to cut it back a little bit. Yes, and um, you can fertilize it. You can replant if you prefer. I see million bells in there. It just looks like the whole thing has gotten waterlogged. So I would cut it back and um, do a little bit of fertilizing to it and, and hope that it doesn't, if it, if it continues to stay wet, because it is a, a round bed that's fairly sealed, um, you might want to consider putting some tiny channels in between the plants to allow the water to run off of them and into the bed itself. Um, You'll see all sorts of things people will do, like with the edge of a hoe. They'll just go and and carve out a little space around that plant so that when it does rain the next time, the water has to go down first and can't just first overwhelm the plants. It's also getting to be time to think about what comes up in the the fall so you you don't have any problem with that. Oh, I love this. Volunteers came up and produced pumpkins, but they're ready now. What to do? What to do with July pumpkins? Make pie. Or use them as vases. You can carve them out and do that way. Make pumpkin bread. Um, 
And frankly, you should, since it's the middle of the summer, why not do one of my favorite things, which is to take the pumpkin, hollow it out, eat, you know, dry the seeds and roast them, um, eat the pumpkin meat some way or another, make pumpkin bread or souffle or do something with it, make a pie, and then, um, you know, put a whole bunch of other stuff in there, some organic, some not, bury it in the backyard, come back in six months, dig it up, and see what decomposed and what didn't. It's one of the best science projects for kids that you can imagine, and I like it. Those are just beautiful. Congratulations, Jason. Good on you. See, it's another one of those happenstance melons. I like that. Thank you very much, Rhino. Thank you all so much for being here with me today. We will get to Scale Insects next week and so much more on Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. cream pie ice cream and imagine being stranded on a deserted island rich coconut french ice cream flakes of coconut tasty pie crust pieces and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut you won't want to be rescued the good old days are being made right I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. Come shop the freshest locally grown fruits and vegetables, meats, and other farm-raised products at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Saturday from 8 to 1. While there, you can grab breakfast or lunch at the City Limits Cafe and shop our new Genuine Mississippi store for unique items made right here in Mississippi. The store is also open weekdays 11 to 1 every day. All this at the Mississippi Farmers Market, 929 High Street in Jackson, right near the fairgrounds. Y'all come Come see us. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I was surprised the other day when I got a phone call asking if we sold guns. We sell lots of guns. We have the largest selection of firearms in this area, including over 100 AR-type guns priced from $5.99 on up. We also just got in a huge shipment of ammo, including such hard-to-find calibers as 380, 9mm, and 223. No limit on quantity and no inflated prices. Check out our website, rangebyjimmyprimos.com, or like us on Facebook. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.